It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with friends of the earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your radio dial. I'm your host this morning, Emma Wasson. And this show is sponsored by Friends of the Earth and broadcasts from NAM in the Kulin Nations, also known as Melbourne, Victoria, where sovereignty was never ceded. This week we're getting stuck into the messy topic of waste, and in particular plastics, which, mind you, are also a recyclable and reusable resource. And this month, on June 5th, they were the focus of the World Environment Day campaign to beat plastic pollution worldwide. Well, today is June 25, and as the challenge to beat plastics continues, we all have a chance to make a focused effort in the lead-up to Plastic Free July. Plastic pollution is really emerging as an environmental problem only second to climate change. And of course, plastic is made from petroleum, so cutting plastic consumption can also make a significant dent to global carbon emissions. But who is making, using and wasting the most plastic? With me in the studio today to answer those questions and more is Annette Finger. Good morning, Annette. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Uh, Annette's a campaigner for the Boomerang Alliance and has been working on the campaign for a container deposit legislation as well as bringing together a plastic bag free alliance for Victoria. Can you tell us a bit more about the Boomerang Alliance and uh, what its main um, objectives are? Uh, first, a uh, small correction. I didn't do anything about plastic bag free Victoria. It's um, okay. that is a one of uh, an organisation that uh, we got together with to uh, found a plastic free Victoria Alliance called PVA. Uh-huh. So that's what we did. But uh, um, Boomerang Alliance is an alliance group um, of uh, I think we're now forty seven alliance members, mm-hmm. and uh, we focus on anything relating to waste. Mm-hmm. So um, in the last um, you know few years, we've mostly worked on plastic waste um, solutions, and um, we've been involved in campaigning for container deposit schemes from the very beginning mm-hmm. in the Northern Territory. Um, and uh, recently, we were um, very successful in New South Wales to get that uh, mm-hmm. legislation up, and uh, we're working very close with the government in uh, Queensland. Mm. Um, so New South Wales got it in um, 1st of December last year and mm. uh, Queensland is about to start on the 1st of November this year. The ACT, I think, is starting next month. Is it that true? I think it is. And um, so they're just following suit with New South Wales and um, WA is starting sometime next year. And then it's really only Victoria mm. and Tasmania that are left behind and are missing out. Right. Wow. I was um, visiting New South Wales just recently and I went to the shops and noticed those container deposit um, collection um, points points that are in store now. And there's so many people there putting in their containers and their plastic bottles and you get a little um, receipt back that you can then spend at um, one of the the major retailers there. So, yeah, it's pretty um, amazing to see that in action. Um, so c- can you tell us a bit more about um, the container deposit campaign in Victoria and um, what you're working on to sort of to push it over the line? All right. Now, in Victoria, people have been fighting for container deposit schemes for ugh, like over 15 years. We are close to South Australia. We can see how it's working over mm-hmm. there. We've been seeing that for the last 40 years. 
So this is a this is like a very long term campaign that people have been fighting for, and uh, we almost got it in with uh, Dennis Neptime, but then he wasn't voted in. Um, he was a and still is a great supporter of it. Um, and um, so when um, the campaign was won in Queensland, um, Boomerang Alliance um, started campaigning in Victoria. And initially we thought it would be quite a, a short campaign. Surely Victoria would come on board now that pretty much every other state is doing it. And uh, we have found that um, they've been very reluctant to do anything about uh, containers. They're saying that uh, Victoria is the least littered state, which really they can't make that statement because there is no report, um, national report that can be, that lends itself to making that statement. Um, Plus when we did, uh, recently we went uh, around uh, and did this mad (laughs) big bottle tour uh, and we could certainly see the containers everywhere. And uh, I've recently spoken to someone um, who works in uh, cleaning up uh, waterways Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, storm drains and he said he's working in Victoria in Queensland and New South Wales and he said without a doubt Victoria is not any cleaner there is no less containers that he encounters if mm-hmm. not if anything Victoria is worse than the other states so that's one then the other argument we're getting is it needs to fit Victoria meaning it shouldn't cost us too much as the ratepayers or the consumers now, with the recycling crisis recently, um, the re- response we've had from um, local government, as we the, the councils, as we were traveling around with the big bottle tour, um, was overwhelming. I mean, I was hugged by the, the mayor in Mildura, who was like, I've been waiting for you to come and have a look over this letter that I wrote to the minister. Can you make it stronger? Like, they're really desperate because they understand that this scheme will help them get out of the crisis because it produces a clean, uncontaminated stream and they can find buyers for those recyclers. There's value in that. Right. And so just to unpack the recycling crisis that um, that you've referred to... um, that's got something to do with China's new restrictions on um, plastic. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. But our, a colleague or ally of mine just recently said, uh, be careful not to call it in China-induced crisis because mm. this is not of China's making. This is our making. Mm-hmm. It was very short-sighted to put, uh, I think the it's roughly half of our recyclers that uh, plastic recycling has gone overseas. So this was always going to be um, not an ideal situation. So um, China has had announced um, in July last year, a year ago, that they would stop taking our dirty recyclers. There is a, a certain percentage of uh, contamination uh, above which they will not take it anymore. Mm. And most of our recycling um, out of China, uh, out of Victoria that used to go to China is not going there anymore. Um so that is an issue. So we, we don't have a market for that at the moment. And the idea is to what we would like to see is a local market being established. And there's ideas out there. There's people with great initiatives out there, but they need to be supported and protected so that uh, once the oil price, let's say, drops, they don't go belly up. Mm-hmm. So all of those things is uh, hopefully has been part of the recycling task force that the minister ran just in um, in April and May. 
Mm, great. And um, yeah, just to give a bit more context, I was surprised to learn recently that Australia is only one of over 100 countries affected by China's new restrictions on mm, plastics. That's right. So in Europe, um, Europeans and the Irish, they send more than 85% of their plastic to China. So um, if you if you end up noticing increases in rates, that could have something to do with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, but uh, uh, Europe, the EU is doing... Um, is doing a lot more on a on a federal on a overall federal level to reduce single use plastic. The, um, the one of the mind boggling facts that I came across recently is uh, the plastic production, like the overall. Um, I'm not quite sure the body that looks uh, that uh, looks at uh, plastic production worldwide. Mm. They announced they released figures saying that forty uh, percent of what they produce worldwide goes to single-use plastics. Mm. And that is a massive problem because 40% of those products end up in the waste stream within the same year that they're being created. So mm. not only are we producing more plastic, but uh, the um, the infrastructure isn't quite there, especially in developing or third-world countries, mm. to actually um, bring that back into an ideally circular economy. Yeah. So um, what do you think that... What do you think manufacturers could do to become more responsible for the, the single-use plastic products they create? Do you think it's a design problem? It is. It is. Um, if you if you go if you look at the beach, you understand that cleanup is not an is is a good idea, but it's mm. not the solution. Mm. And then if you follow those products step by step back to where they came. Mm. Um, we need to, but this is the, this is the tricky bit. We need to have governments that are um, proactive on this, mm. that are actually putting um, some kind of um, that that are improving improving the um, extended product responsibility or steward, uh, product stewardship. Same mm. thing, um, and um, that are preventing things like those little soy fish or the bread clips or. A million other things, like mm. in construction, those tile spacers, you know, they, mm. they need to be made out of different products um, that uh, would biodegrade. Mm. And we need to make sure that stuff doesn't get into the water because no matter how biodegradable it is in the ocean, whole different story. Mm. It still is very, very damaging. Yeah. But there is a there's a paper out at the moment um, um, from the federal government on product um, stewardship. And uh, it's due by Friday, I think. And there's been quite a few um, uh, organizations that have prepared templates for people to put in submissions. This only happens every five years. Mm -hmm. And I know we're being bombarded with doing this and doing that. But this is our once in a five-year chance to tell them really strongly. So I hope thousands of submissions are being put in. And you can look at... um, um, we'll try and put something up on Boomerang Alliance, but uh, uh, the PVA, which is a Facebook group, Plastic Free Victoria Alliance, you can get in touch with us there if you mm. want to make submissions. And I know the Zero Waste um, Victoria group has also put out some stuff and um, really good templates and uh, the Plastic Bag Free Victoria group as well. Yeah. Okay, great. So there's only a few days left to make that submission. Yes. So we'll put that up online on the Dirt Radio website as well, or uh, the 3CR uh, website, um, so that you can, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, you can um, find it there. Um, 
So let's go back to the container deposit legislation campaign for a moment. And how can people find out more about that? You're you're speaking about that soon, are you? Oh, yes. Thanks for reminding me. I'd always <laughs> forgotten. Well, first of all, our website, um, which is boomerangalliance.org.au and uh, forward slash CDS, as in container deposit scheme, mm-hmm. underscore Vic. Um, there's uh, quite a bit of information on there. And um, there, I'm also, I've been invited to speak at um, the Friends of the Earth Food Co-op mm-hmm. uh, on is it 321 Smith Street in Fitzroy. That sounds correct, yep. On um, the corner on, of um, Smith and Perry. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they're doing a winter series in the lead up to the election. And uh, so they've invited me to talk about all things container deposits on August the 9th, which is a... Thursday um, in the evening. So please, everyone, come. I'll have some stuff out there for you to do something physical and, uh, you know, something that will hopefully have an impact Mm. to get this up. Because basically the politicians know in Victoria, they know that 85 plus percent of the population is in favour. There's massive fundraising opportunities, which I haven't even touched on. We estimate about $50 million that uh, groups can make a year. Um, but they will not do anything about it unless they think there are votes in it. Mm. So if we jump up and down and tell them, then um, this is probably as close as we've ever gotten with the recycling crisis, which works in our favor because this is a really good solution to it. Let's get those containers out of the ditches and back into recycling and let's get some money into some you know, schools and yeah. sports groups and uh, mm. you know, scouts and everyone. It's a it's a social scheme because it actually is a trickle down. It's the only trickle down that I find that works, mm. where the money from people that don't really mind too much goes to the people that really want it. Yeah. And uh, um, I mean, just thinking about homeless people that could, uh, you know, supplement uh, their income a bit and don't have to resort to any criminal behavior. So that'd be mm. it's, it's a win win. Yeah, that's great. Um, and Foza, the Faux Cafe, is a great spot to have um, you speak about the um, all things to do with recycling and waste. Um, it's the cafe is a great example of a plastic-free um, operation. So, yes, yes, I get yeah. almost uh, like I get a lot of my shopping done there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so thanks, Annette, for being with us this morning. Thanks um, for having me, Emma. It's a pleasure. Um, so that was Annette Finger from the Boomerang Alliance talking about the container deposit legislation campaign and what you can do to support. And if you're wanting to find out more from Annette yourself, uh, don't forget there's the um, the Winter Speaker Series at Friends of the Earth on the 8th of August. Oh, the 9th of August. Thank you. Uh, so please get down to that and we'll have all that information on the website. So we'll be back right after a community service announcement. you got to remember, NAINOP's a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars, Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me. For my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash Beyond the Bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy Day 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 Day
Uh, we're back on Dirt Radio and with us on the phone is Berish Bylander from Green Music Australia. He's a musician, a composer and activist dedicated to social and climate justice. How are you, Berish? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thanks for making the time to be with us here this morning. Uh, so um, you work on a zero waste campaign for Green Music Australia. Can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Um, sure, yeah, look, the campaign is basically to get artists to step up and um, and take a stand on, on plastic issues in the music scene. I mean, the music scene has a, an oversized footprint when it comes to the amount of waste that it generates through large events. Um, and musicians fill this very important cultural role in, um, in talking directly to large audiences, mm. but also in the way that they are able to influence um, events, festivals, venues, live music venues and such to um, rethink their, I suppose, the last 20 years of policies when it comes to, say, bottled the supply of bottled water, um, single-use plastic cups and a whole range of other um, single-use items. So, yeah, we're, we're working with musicians. We actually work directly with festivals and events as well, um, helping them come up with strategies to reduce their waste mm-hmm. and, and other things like energy and transport. But my, my main focus as a waste campaigner is, is on the, the single-use plastics and other single-use items that are just piling up and creating a, a nightmare um, yeah. for our environment. Yeah, great. And so who are some of the, um, the main ambassadors that you've got on board at the moment um, in the lead-up to um, festivals coming up uh, just four or five months away, we've, we're going to hit the festival season again. Um, so who are some of your main ambassadors that you've got on board? Look, we've got a range of ambassadors from all, really, most genres are represented. You know, there's some stalwarts in there, like Paul Kelly and Missy Higgins. Um, Paul Kelly's for some time been touring with his own refill station. He's very conscious of the, of the, the waste he generates. So he's an he's a absolute leader in this field. Mm, wow. um, yeah, and, and Midnight Oil actually for the first time did their last tour, their recent revival tour, um, was was um, free of uh, plastic bottled water, which was a great triumph as well because they were, they were well, not them so much, but their tour manager was sceptical about how easy it was to do this. Um, but it turned out that, they, that it was not as hard as he thought and, um, and so now they're spreading the word. So yeah, there's some really high profile ones, and there's 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 a lot of, of a lot of artists that are also more local and 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 doing you know other festivals that are sort of on the smaller side of things. Um, there's people like Liz Stringer, Mia Dyson. Um, oh God, I haven't got the list in front of me, but there's it, it, we've we've got over now 80 ambassadors, and we're recruiting another 31 um, for this next month, which is Plastic Free July. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah, so it's a growing number of artists that, as I said, represent a really large cross-section of the music industry. Yeah, Um, great. So if if there's people out there who want to um, make a green choice for a festival they attend this summer or over the the new year period, um, which festivals would you say are some of the best case studies for um, making a commitment to zero waste? Look, we worked quite... Uh, a lot with Woe Adelaide last year, and I really feel like being centred in the Botanical Gardens, in the South Australian Botanical Gardens, um, or the Adelaide Botanical Gardens, that is, they, they have a, a real commitment to reducing um, their environmental impact. And 
So last year was the first year that they phased out water bottles entirely through the festival grounds and they also got rid of the single-use cups. They, they were compostable cups. Sorry, I've got my son here. Yeah, <laughs> we can hear that. <laughs> I'm on dad duty today. There you go, darling. Um, and so there you are. That's enough. And, yes, yeah, so, so WOMAD I would highly recommend as one of those festivals. But, I mean, the case study that we used that we used when it came to the the bottled water, the way a festival can approach bottled water was actually a festival up north called Caloundra, um, which is, I think, north of Brisbane. I actually haven't been to that festival, but they they were the ones that inspired our um, BYO bottle campaign because in one year they were able to um, entirely transition all artists, all crew, all punters, everything mm. away from away from bottled water. And, and, and that is the focus of our campaign. We use, because, because bottling water is more than just a plastic problem uh, or an environmental problem, it's also got a social component to it where, um, you know, quarantining beautiful, pristine tracts of land that is by a corporate company like Nestle or Coca-Cola or PepsiCo and, um, and not allowing uh, the locals to use that water is, is really a social, social justice issue as well. Mm. Yeah. And so, and what, what do you think are some of the, the major barriers um, that music festivals face, or these ones in particular, face in um, curbing consumption of single use plastic? I think the major barrier is inertia, and it's, it's a cultural thing. I mean, if you ask most young people and also most festival organisers at the moment, and, and I'll just stick to bottled water for a second, like, They'll, they'll tell you, well, how else can we do it? You know, these are festivals that haven't done it yet. So how else can we manage a festival without this convenient, um, you know, container, this vessel that we distribute throughout the festival and that we pass on the, to the front of house through with punters? And, and then once they do it, they go, oh, geez, that was easier than we thought. But I think there's a huge amount of inertia. There is some profit that's obviously being made, um, which, is a, which is another barrier, um, to particularly to the larger to the larger festivals that rely on that profit, um, and then I think yeah, I, look, I think profit and inertia are probably the two biggest ones. And once you once you show uh, a festival that the art, once the artists show them that they want change, and once um, they're, they're shown how easy it is to to change the the systems so that you don't need these single use items they are often quite receptive and come on board. And, and I think what we're seeing internationally is the ma- major moves as well with Glastonbury, one of the world's largest festivals, committing to going bottled water free by next year. A whole range of festivals have gotten together in, in Britain, um, some 40-odd festivals and committed to getting rid of straws. Mm. Um, so there is a movement that's happening internationally and I think Australia is cottoning on and moving in that direction as well. Yeah, and um, I guess a, a sign of that movement as well is um, Plastic Free July, um, which you can actually sign up to if you go to the website www.plasticfreejuly.org. Um, there's lots of tips and, uh, and tricks on how to reduce your plastic. And um, t- so if you really want to take on that personal challenge and, um, and avoid as much plastic as possible, um, that's a, a great place to go to sign up to do that. Can I add to that that there's um, if if it's if any of your listeners are actually uh, musicians playing in bands, then if they go to our website 
which is www.greenmusic.org.au forward slash plastic free July, mm-hmm. um, they'll they'll be able to actually sign up as a band um, to do unique things within the music industry. Um, so, I mean, we I highly encourage every, every, everyone else to jump on the, the main Plastic Free July website. But if they're particularly working in the music industry, then um, then we'd love to hear from them. Fantastic. Thanks, Berish. We might leave it there. Um, thanks whilst on dad duties, um, making the time to speak with us this morning. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I hope, um, I hope the, the background noise didn't interfere too much with you. No, not Good at all. Great. Thanks very much. That was Berish Bylander from Green Music Australia talking about the zero waste and the uh, BYO bottle campaign. So um, it was great to have Berish on board this morning. It's 9.56am, so that's a wrap for the show this week.